Just have a guess. Have a guess. Have a guess. I don't know, man. What? Fifty million? Nope. One billion? Ten <laughs> <laughs> billion? No, no. <laughs> what? What is this? Like, why are you playing with me here? Sorry, I'm just seeing a roller coaster. Yeah, I was like, what? What is? <laughs> Hi, I'm Dagogo. And I'm Tosif. And welcome to Through the Web, where we talk about all things tech, business, and internet. And this week, we are covering the TikTok ban in Montana. Mm -hmm. We are also going through the first time Tesla advertising in their history, and also some comments from Elon Musk about working from home. Right. But I guess before we get onto those things, there's some new news that's come in in the past hour or so. What news? So, uh, you know, Linus Tech Tips from, you know, the Linus, Linus Media Group. Yeah. Um, He's resigned as CEO. He's stepped down. Oh, dear. As of, as of a few hours ago, yeah. So we're recording this on Friday afternoon, Australia Just. time, 19th <laughs> May. Um, so that's, a, I don't know, it's the last hour, wow. Yeah, so he just uploaded a video and was talking about it. Um, so the thing is, he's not leaving the entire company or anything. Right. He's going to still be on screen, going to still be doing all, the, all of that stuff. But his specific role of CEO, he's not going to be doing anymore. So it's, oh, okay. he's hired an external guy that actually used to be his old boss, mm -hmm. apparently. Um, and this guy has done some work for Dell and um, another company as well. Um, but... Linus has been after him for a while to be CEO, but yeah. his pay has always just been increasing every time he's tried to ask him. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting turn of events and he, he's happy with where things may be going and happy with the uh, hire of this new CEO. Um, and it seems like he'll be, he'll be in a good place. But one interesting thing he did reveal is, I don't know if you remember, I think we did talk about it, but Linus was made an offer for his whole media yes. group. He revealed what that number was. Oh, what was it? Have a guess. Uh, I think he said that it was it wasn't um, ten. It wasn't nine figure. It wasn't eight. It sure as hell wasn't seven. Something like that. And the thing is over ten figures. Just have a guess. Have a guess. Have a guess. Uh, I don't know, man. What fifty million? Nope. One billion. <laughs> <laughs> ten billion. No, no. <laughs> what? What is this? Like, why are you playing with me here? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just seeing a roller coaster. Yeah, I was like, what? What is? <laughs> um, no, a hundred million. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll, I can also see why he declined it. Mm -hmm. he, he talked about why he declined it in mm -hmm. the previous episode before. So, um, yeah, but for those who don't know, you know, Linus is a, a big legendary YouTuber in the in the tech world. He's been doing it for, for a long, long time. And he's been um, pretty much developing this into a whole media entity as opposed to just a YouTube channel. Yeah. And um, I think it makes sense for him not to be a CEO. Uh, so, so when you said that you know, he's stepped, stepping down as CEO, obviously he'll be involved as a creator there, yes, you know, yes. in the creative vision and stuff like that. And I think that makes perfect sense because these two are very, very distinct roles, being a creator and then being a CEO. Mm -hmm. um, and some people might have the personality to do both. But more often than not, I think when you um, and when you're first starting out, you have to be both. Mm. But as you grow bigger and bigger, there's certain things that CEO has to do that you you can't do if you're you're, you're the creator because your mm. focus is completely different. Yeah, so, so it it makes total sense. So his to be new honest. role would be, I think, chief 
vision officer or something. Okay. So he kind of dictates what's yeah. going to happen, but other people make it happen. Exactly. So. And, 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 and for a CEO, it's, it's generally of this size uh, a company generally is to make sure that the company is growing, there's the right people being hired, right people in the right places, making sure that they don't run out of money. Mm. Um, uh, it's not doing that anytime soon. So. <laughs> well, hopefully, because <laughs> uh, you like to see, you know, others other win in this space, and especially, you know, in, in the space that we are at, uh, the whole idea of, uh, what is it, the... The tide lifts all the boats. All right, yeah, uh, kind of thing. So, so it's it's good to see you know uh, a company of that size growing. So, no, best of luck to to Linus and, and his new endeavor, mm. and uh, we'll so see how how it all pans out. Um, other than that, uh, not a great week for you in terms of uh, getting black mirrored, literally. <laughs> well, let let's see if we can do something here. So, uh, move it off probably a web page. Um, so my computer, this this nice little. <laughs> little MacBook here has the screen has uh, has kind of died a little bit so an eighth of the screen as you can see on the right hand side is is black um, and that just happened randomly I was just using it and it and just, you only got this for those who've been listening into the podcast for it was like February February so like a few months yeah. to go super excited to get it we've been kind of building up towards go getting it and then it um, Slaps us with a with a black screen. Yeah, it it was bizarre and unexpected, you know. Um, and now my four by three aspect ratio is one by one. Just using it like that. So yeah, I'm gonna be taking it in, but there's just so much Maybe work. Maybe it's a new feature we're know about. <laughs> Tim Cook's just gone mad. Yeah, just, just the new feature rolls <laughs> like, you know, out. You know what people, people would love? <laughs> like anyway, but um, yeah, so I'll be taking it in and. Um, that process, I don't know how it's going to go. So maybe if you guys have taken your your MacBooks in, just let let me know how your yeah. Let us know in the comments. Yeah, how uh, you know uh, commiserations, I guess for you. That's all right. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> I'll survive. Uh, but how you? How was your week otherwise in terms of um, you catch up on anything? Anything that you watched? Uh, interesting. Yeah, that's with, quite, the, with that screen, yeah. Anything on one to one ratio? <laughs> um, yeah, like a lot of it was just working on different videos, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me quickly have a little browse of my history. Okay, so I did watch something interesting on quantum encryption. Um, so essentially talking about how in the next 10 to 20 years, mm-hmm. um, all our encryption will just be useless because quantum computers can just do that in like minutes where it's, it takes hundreds, tens or hundreds of millions of years to break our encryption by brute force with current computers. But the thing is there's governments and individuals out there that are literally taking all the passwords and everything that we have mm-hmm. that's encrypted and storing it anyway because they believe that in the future they'll have the mechanisms via quantum computers to undo this encryption. So they're like storing it now and just waiting until, you know. So that, that kind of worried me a little bit. It's like no matter how secure your data is, like people are hoarding it, just waiting for it, you know, for the time to be right and technology to be able to unencrypt it. So, wow. um, but yeah, he, he went on through... Um, you know, basically how encryption works and how the quantum encryption works. But I think the positive side was he was saying that there's a big push to allow for, to make people basically start using encryption that is quantum resistant. Mm-hmm. So we can do that now. Um, but he's just saying everyone should start moving to that just to prepare for the future. But, you know, I thought it was very interesting. It's not something that you think about. It's like quantum computers, they're just, you know, very infant at the moment, um, kind of unreliable very good at a few tasks, but yeah, one of the specific tasks that it's good at is breaking encryption. So I think it was a good video. Uh, I actually heard uh, news uh, today 
uh, about IBM and Google um, giving 150 million for U.S.-Japan quantum computing for, for research at the University of the University of Tokyo. That's it. Um, so I think uh, the the future of quantum computing is going to be. You know, I think another arms race in some ways, uh, as we're seeing with AI wars. I don't understand much about the the technicalities of what, how quantum computing works as opposed to the, the classic regular mm. computers that we have today. I, I, You've it, made a video about yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. like you can describe it in three steps. Like computers normally they use ditch, digits, binary digits, zero or one, and everything that's made up, all digital data is made up of the zeros and one. Ones, but with quantum computing, you can have both a zero and a one kind of at the same time. It's a probability of both. Mm. But the thing is, um, when you scale it up, it scales up exponentially. So like with two qubits, you can do like a certain number of combinations and then like doubles again and doubles again. So you end up with this 300 qubits. You can do more calculations or store more calculations than there are in the entire universe mm -hmm. with 300 qubits. That's like the equivalent of 300 transistors. And, you know, that's crazy. But the thing is, when you observe or try to read the data, because of the way quantum physics works, it all collapses into just one answer. Right. So that's useful for some applications. It's still faster, but that little caveat kind of is what people are struggling with at the moment. So, um, yeah, that's the summary, essentially. Right. So. And then I think uh, in terms of real-life applications, people are looking at in, in the field of medicine, in the field of uh, just simply... Uh, analyzing data for, mm. for further use in, in using these compu uh, mm. you know, quantum computers, right? I think that would the, be the, the crazy thing is there's some talk that AI will be able to accelerate the progress made in quantum computers, like in terms of the algorithms yeah. that they use. So that little feedback loop is insane. I, I just don't, I have no idea what's going to happen with that. Like, like, well, what are some of the applications you'd like to see out of it? Um, I think stuff that's very... I think stuff that mirrors the natural world. So, for example, a lot of chemistry stuff, mm -hmm. like we could model chemical reactions and the way um, molecules behave so much more accurately than we can with regular computers. So has great applications for pharmaceuticals or if you're talking about even engineering, like different materials, material design. Um, so those kinds of things where it can be like real world applications where we just get this big boost because we can model the world more accurately. I think stuff like that's cool. No, that'd be that'd be pretty awesome. Again, it's something I have to have to dig um, dig deeper into. Um, anything else you have caught on? Um, random stuff, but um, no, not not so much. But um, yeah, last night I got into a little musical state where I was like playing with because I had this push thing. So it's got like a keyboard, and then you got like you know the the sequencer, but. I'd never really used it. I was kind of like, oh, whatever. So last night I was like, I'll just give this a go. And I was like, oh, this is actually pretty fun. So I was just jamming around. So that was that was cool. But anyway, yeah. How about you? What, what you um, not so much watching stuff, but I've been um, reading up on some pre-COVID articles about predicting what's going to happen about COVID, like or after COVID. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and there was one article in the Harvard Business Review talking about the supply chain issues back in early February. So this is before the global lockdown, yeah. anything, and just a pre prediction of, and this is when, as far as I remember, when, when COVID was still largely based around in, in, in China, right? Mm -hmm. So this this article came out in Harvard Business Review around like mid-Feb 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and basically they were talking about what's going to happen uh, and, and, and whatever they predicted came out mm -hmm. like absolutely spot on. So the, I had a similar thing. So there's this analyst called Muhammad Al-Aryan, I'm pretty sure. 
He's like, great. He says things how it is. And he said the same thing. This would have been like late February, early March. Like um, he was on CNBC, all this stuff, talking about how there will be supply chain shocks, yeah. inflation, all this kind of stuff. And it was like at that time I was like, oh, it makes sense, but we just don't know, right? But then as as time progressed, he was exactly right. So. Exactly. And, and I think it's it's very um, – I, I wish there was this one source where I could just find stuff like this, you know, just looking at things on a you know, retrospective angle. Wayback machine. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, the, you still need to know what to look for, kind mm. of thing. Where I'm thinking something that's kind curated. of ready, yeah, curated yeah. for me. So right. uh, f- there was this podcast that I used to listen to, and they've kind of changed their angle. Um, uh, I forgot the name of the podcast as well, but they used to cover things like you know when new technologies came out, what were people's reaction back then? So you, they talked about love vaccines in the 1800 stuff. They were talking about headphones when it came out in the 80s, and people mm. were like, "Oh, this is the end of society." Mm. You know, people were wearing headphones. There are going to be more um, traffic accidents before than than well, I mean, in the future than ever before. So things like that, you know. And then people, and I think I mentioned this in the past as well, where uh, when um, digital music started coming out or like music that you could listen to in in records as opposed to live music um people were like completely upset that art is dead and and there's there's no future in art anymore music anymore and that's where the the term live music came because previously that was just music seeing people play live as opposed to music that is dead right so they were saying this is live and anything that is not is dead music so there's a similar story like when phillips and sony were trying to introduce the cd um compact disc there was actually i don't know if it was at the announcement or close to it or, or something to do with a corporate event there was a protest outside and the <laughs> the protesters chant was the truth is in the groove <laughs> so like as in like the groove of the needle but um yeah it's like no one even thinks about it anymore but back then that even just that little shift from digital to analog exactly. i mean analog to digital, digital was such yeah. a huge yeah little, huge little things thing. like that you know when the novels came out people were like this is going to destroy everything you know mm-hmm. people shouldn't be reading novel you know novels or like fantasy books and stuff like that so it's just looking at people's reactions back then and seeing some similarities to what we you know have these days sometimes mm-hmm. it makes me feel like you know what it's 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 fine. Not, I'm not talking about AI Okay. okay? <laughs> AI is, is a different beast uh, in, in some ways. And maybe they also talked about that, you know, about the novels that came out. <laughs> but jokes aside, uh, just on other, other fronts, it mm-hmm. makes me feel a little bit okay that, you know, this is how humans generally react to, to new things coming out. So, so we're, we're, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. In, in, in some ways. <laughs> anyway, uh, but other than that, um, I signed up for the HBF run. Uh, oh. Then this is despite my niggling injury that I have. Right. Uh, so I kind of bit the bullet. Uh, this It's happening this Sunday. So I'm going for a 12K, not a half marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, that still, that'll still be the my, you know, that'll be, still be my PR right. uh, if, I, nice. if I do finish it. So fingers well, crossed. Yeah, man. I've well, been, um, all the best for you. That sounds yeah, good. It's, uh, it was, I wasn't supposed to be due to personal reasons uh, over the last few weeks. And then I was like, you know what? Um, it's, it's getting a little bit more stable, so let me just bring a bit more instability. Okay. <laughs> no, there you go. We'll see how just we go. Just get that balance yeah, going. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. No, it'll be good, man. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, have you done one before? No. No. Not, not, yeah, <laughs> not, not a, a long distance runner, no. Yeah, and, and n- neither have mm. I ever been. So it's a whole new world for me. Right. And uh, it's actually quite... Uh, I always hated running, mm. but I don't know. Just over the last few months, maybe a year, it's just something I've started to like okay which is surprising you're getting so, older there you go i guess that's it and soon, i think when i start, see others yeah sorry soon you'll start like liking gardening and 
How do you know I don't already? <laughs> I just uh, but when I see others like you know sharing their personal best, like especially people older than me, I think like how am I still like how am I unfit compared to people who are older than me in this mm-hmm. regard? And that gives me a big push that you know mm-hmm. I should be able to. Anyway, personal mm-hmm. stories aside, TikTok finally getting banned mm-hmm. in Montana. Yes, and um, as I was driving here on the radio, there was an update. So some TikTok creators are getting together to like sue, oh, sue the state. I'm pretty sure. Interesting. Um, so there wasn't much more details than that, but yeah. So essentially, Montana has moved to become the first U.S. state to ban TikTok. Although there's questions about how that would be implemented because of geotagging. How, how is a the, the the ban is supposed to be. You don't get in trouble if you use TikTok, but yes. the service providers such as um, Google Play Store or the App Store, App Store, they're the ones who are liable. But unfortunately, um, the App Stores don't have that much information on where exactly which state you're going to be using it from. I'm not sure if that's true or not. But um, essentially, that's where things stand. But it before this, it seemed like the whole TikTok ban was calming down. So mm. they had that big hearing, big kerfuffle, yes. and then policymakers looked like idiots for a while, and then that was the end of it. But now it seems like it's they're making more, and depending on how this goes, maybe it could start a precedent, and then we could I see. I agree. I think this feels like a, it, it could snowball into something bigger mm. uh, down the line. But for those who don't know, you know, th- this will actually take effect in Jan 2024. Mm. Um, so it's not like it's going to be as soon as it's passed. It's 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 ready um, to be banned. So um, un- it. Uh, it, it will take effect in Jan 2024 unless TikTok is sold or if a court blocks a rule. Um, the, the first ban of its kind also in the, in the US and uh, as, as Togogo mentioned that it will only apply to the app store operators and not to the users of TikTok. So if you're found using TikTok, you should still be okay prior uh, or like after that um, situation anyway. And and I guess the, the biggest thing that, as usual, you know, uh, not surprisingly, is that they're citing that um, it's to help uh, the personal and private data stay away from the from the Chinese Communist Party, and that's the reason why they're banning TikTok. Mm. So if we think about this logically and kind of look out to the future, so if TikTok does nothing else and stays as it is, we have a lot of pressure from lawmakers that keep prodding keep prodding and keep prodding saying like, hey, we've got to look at this, we've got to um, ban it or like, you know, wind it down for government officials, etc. So if TikTok does stay the same way, I think that this pressure will have to change something. It'll, ha- it'll have to either change in some way or the ban will eventually just come into effect and then the app dies, like a Huawei situation. Yes. Um, that's the only two ways I see it going. So um, it's... I guess it's surprising. This came from nowhere. There was not really any warning that this this full on ban was going to happen. But I think it's just going to be a sign of things to come for that uh, Chinese platform. Yes, and and uh, I think this will not be uh, only applicable to TikTok. I think going forward, any app that has that kind of connection to a foreign government, uh, I think U.S. government will will start to crack down on mm. them, uh, mostly on government that they're not. In, yeah, in the but, but th- think about it. What other country is doing that? I think the, the main issue for the US policymakers for China is they have a lot of rules and structure. Like it's not like this is literally the, the, how their country is built. They have big companies that operate as an arm, not not explicitly, but they do have some people from the government that are inside that company mm-hmm. that make sure that they're doing things towards the company's main, I mean, the country's main goals. It's, yeah. it's more like a you want 
China is a, is a country that, you know, everyone moves together towards a com common goal kind of thing. So everything that's huge within that country is trying to further those goals. So not saying it's it's good or bad, it's just the way that the country runs. And I think US policymakers are aware of that and they're thinking it's a risk, a huge national security risk. Yeah, and uh, also so there was this um, <coughs> Wall Street Journal report about um, feeds of teenagers still getting, you know, dark, content on, was, on tiktok it was done two years oh, ago okay okay the tick okay the, sorry yeah go on you know when they opened when um they did the this uh, investigation of of um, fictitious 13 year old teenagers accounts that they opened up you know fresh new accounts and as soon as they opened they were getting fed you know uh eating disorder content or or anything that's dark about you know depression and stuff like that that would be a common theme mm -hmm. across the content that were being fed to these fictitious account right mm -hmm. and then they, they did this whole report and two years on they kind of checked up on some of those content and they were still up there right, right? so it's not like tiktok's actively trying to remove them yeah. either so so that is also a different yeah, kind that, of worry that th then again being, you get that on other social media platforms like instagram and, and whatever but i think for tiktok it's funny because like yeah that's what we're get, like western countries are getting people in the west but then in China, it's like education is great. This is how we build our buildings. <laughs> you like, say that, but but have you seen some of those um, those very dystopian videos of of of, of influencer farms across China? Like yeah. hundreds of people just just by the bridge or something, or in a, in a warehouse yeah. just with this camera that, set that, up. That could be a soft power thing as well. So yeah. I was talking to my girlfriend's cousin who is Chinese, and he uses. Doyin, so the, yeah. the Chinese version of TikTok, and he says that's true. Like literally everything that you see is completely different to what we get right. here. Um, he uses that and also um, well, the, the YouTube competitor, Billy Billy, and right. some of the stuff that goes on there is pretty funny. But um, yeah, it, it is a thing. And I think it, it makes sense for the country's national interest to make things that are good for their youth and maybe yeah. not so good for other countries. Yeah, and, and uh, it, it's funny to really see how the algorithm works because you, you're right that it, it is there, you know, the, these kind of dark contents there in, in other platforms, but generally they don't get fed to you as the first, very first oh, okay. thing or yes, in the first week true. kind of yeah. thing. I think that's the difference, right? Because if you seek something, then yeah, it'll start showing you more of that stuff. Um, one thing that I've been getting a lot on my TikTok um, is basically these really interesting video, like snippets of, of locations in China that's very like cyberpunk kind of era-ish videos, like and like really cool looking buildings at night with beautiful lights and stuff. Mm. And it's, it's all locations in China, especially this one specific account that the, now I, I don't know if it's because I've been engaging with it because right. they look quite interesting and I've been getting fed right, right. that stuff. But every time I see something, it's like, how does this guy like find these spots? And, mm. and to think that these spots actually exist in China right mm. now, like really crazy shots. And I don't know, I'll show you some. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested but, in but, but it's interesting how how that that's like a positive element that mm. gets fed to you. And I don't know again if it's because I interacted with it, I guess. Yeah. But remember the whole Uyghur Muslim thing? Like it's like if there are negative sentiments, they get completely yeah. axed. Also, um, <clears throat> on the on the topic of kids finding stuff that they're not supposed to on social media, there was another report done. Can't remember which article published this, but it was for YouTube. So essentially, they created a fictitious, a fictitious like eleven year old and a fictitious fourteen year old. Created some accounts watching just purely gaming videos, mm -hmm. but then. It went on to gun videos, so essentially like how to shoot a gun, like you know how to upgrade your gun, etc. And they weren't pushing for it, like yeah. they weren't searching it up. It was just like literally letting this thing go. And I guess that's another problem. Like um, it, it seems like 
YouTube, not YouTube, but all social media platforms tend to sometimes, and if you're young, like yeah. some, some, like, like it's kind of the longer you watch, if you're a young person, a minor, the longer you watch, the more likely it is that the probability will increase that you'll see something that you shouldn't. Like the yeah. algorithm just tends to keep yeah. going kind of thing. So True. Yeah, I think that's something, you know, that's been around for, for a long, long time. And I guess mm. it just seems like TikTok seems to have just dialed the <laughs> knob to, to zero to 100. Or, yeah, 100% or 10 to 100. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's, there's that. Uh, now, with the next story, I want to hit you with uh, some, some survey results, right? Um, this was done uh, by Forrester. Um, it's a research firm, and they basically um, surveyed around 10,000 employees regarding their use of um, certain devices at, at, at workplace, right? Um, and found that 8% of the 10,000 employees surveyed used a VR headset for work on a weekly basis, while only 7% used an AR mixed reality device. Just 4% and 2% of those employees said that they would prefer to use either of those de- devices respectively for work. They'd like to use what devices, sorry? Um, so 4% and 2% of those employees said they would prefer using either of those devices respectively for work. Okay, so like AR, they'd prefer to use AR and VR rather than regular yeah, things? Yeah, and okay. it's only 4% okay. of those interviewed. Um, so... Wait, so four, is that 4% of the... Of eight? the 8%. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> of, okay. The, of the 10,000 people right, who were okay. interviewed. So well, that's, that's, okay, that's that's minuscule amount. Yes. Um, I don't know what that tells us. Maybe it's the headset... like how comfortable it is to wear for a long time, I think that would be one of the number one reasons why people wouldn't want to use it because I understand having a huge massive screen everywhere you turn and like just being able to use that would be pretty cool but just having the physical headset on you for a while, I think that would probably... But I think that's the thing, right? I think um, that's what Meta, the the company, has been pushing so far uh, along this time that that, the, the workplace needs that... Uh, that metaverse, right? Like even when his first, uh, he was introducing the those those uh, applications. It was mostly centered around that you know you can go to a Zoom meeting, but instead of being Zoom, you have your avatars. You can just put a headset on. You can talk. And recently, he even shared an, an Instagram video. I don't know if you saw, but they they um, they Meta basically paired up with BMW. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know if you're in a car and then if you're you know are trying to do the the mixed reality kind of stuff, if it's moving, then it everything kind of you know it, it throws off the, the the headset or the the bearing of of your space. So they're working with BMW to to basically uh, have a motion sensing ability to stabilize the the, the whole thing. And the idea that in the video what what it showed is that you know he was, he was wearing the headset and then he had like these little post-it notes on the side of the car window and where he's working and kind of stuff and it's like and he's really excited he's like yo this is what uh, you know the future of work looks like and i'm thinking does it really so, yeah it, it, it's kind of like this is a cool concept but it's like who would who, who would be excited and, and who's going to look why, at that and be like yeah that's what i want exactly right. and that's why i paired it up with the, with the research firms um, survey and granted, obviously, it's ten thousand people. There could be others who could want sign- it. Statistically significant, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but even the, you know uh, when you when you compare that, it's like they've they've been pushing this workplace meta meta meta. You know, like mixed reality devices. You can do this. You can speak to other people. You can. Do, but then eventually, it just seems like nobody really wants to be a part of this this thing mm. as much as they're trying trying to push it on. Yeah, us. I think. You know, for leisure time, for other things, yeah, that's a different story. But for working, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's just 
the pandemic when when all of that work from home thing was really you know that's what we thought we don't know how long this is going to last for yeah. kind of thing maybe that's when meta was like hey this is we should really ramp it up now but then as people are going back to normal life it just seems like that's useless <laughs> it's not really yeah. <laughs> and Zuckerberg just the video just came out yesterday uh, on Instagram mm-hmm. as well so it's not like he's trying to push it away or you know I, I know he's been trying to push AI a lot and we do have some update on AI down the, down the line about that but generally it just seems like he's still Bang on the drums he has about to. There's no it. like he cannot be like, sorry everyone, we wasted <laughs> seventy five billion dollars on this. I don't know how much it was. Sorry investors, but I think we're just going to change our name back everything. to Facebook. Yeah. And uh, actually, no, we're going to be called AI now. <laughs> he can't do <laughs> Not that. Not even Meta. Just this calls AI. <laughs> he can't um, do that. He's, he's in too deep now. I mean, uh, that's why probably he's practicing jujitsu. Have you seen him? He's, he's uh, he even won the yeah. The I saw I saw his little. It's uh, incredible. Yeah. So, <laughs> he's actually very good. Yeah. Um, so he's practicing it so that, you know, if anybody disagrees, he can just <laughs> put him in a chokehold. Get on it. Um, <laughs> but on the working from home note, for, first of all, like it's been almost three years since the pandemic, right? Or at least you know, three years since the, the early days of the pandemic. Do you feel a little bit of nostalgia about that, that period of time in terms of just what happened back then? I mean, not in a positive or negative way, but nostalgia in the sense that... Um, nostalgia... Not, not necessarily longing, not necessarily longing okay. for that time, and that's not how I'm trying to frame it. But more so, do you look back in a way that's like, oh wow, like, oh, that, well, like, like, like in, it, in a surreal it, way? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It, 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 like occasionally I see a video of like everyone with masks or someone doing something crazy in public during the pandemic period. It was like that, you know, that's what it was like. It was just this wild time that was indescribable it was it, it like it feels unreal like it feels like a dream yeah like yeah exactly i was just about to say it's like we came out on the other side and suddenly it was just gone I was like, mm. <laughs> but at the time it was I'm like not suddenly though it was a gradual because well, now it's well, you, could, over. you could kind of see it so like at the point where i say it kind of just ended was when the uk said we're lifting lockdown measures and then one by one every country was like we're doing the same people braced and then nothing really happened and then that was it like that's kind of how i see because I remember talking to my sister on the phone when the UK did that. And we're like, wow, this is massive news. Mm-hmm. Like people were talking about extending lockdowns, et cetera. And then when that happened, that was the first like G7, G11 country that did that. Put out a signal. Everyone else started. And then was but it, 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 to me, it still felt like it was a very gradual kind of thing. And maybe it's because you know, we were in WA. Uh, yeah, it didn't really. Yeah. Was, so we didn't really feel it. And then when it happened, we also didn't. <laughs> and when they opened the water, we also didn't feel it kind of thing. Oh, yeah. we did, but we didn't. It wasn't you know? like... Yeah, there was there was still some residual, but it's yeah. not like there was this massive spike and everyone was going crazy. I it wasn't, but yeah, I think it's it, it, that's going to be an interesting conversation. Just looking at risk, you know, looking at it from a risk, risk, retrospective, retrospective angle, yeah. and, and and seeing how uh, just how many uh, I guess articles were written about yeah. what will the future and things I, like that. I, I love I love the whole lab leak theory and and how that went from conspiracy to official U.S. government. <laughs> <laughs> narrative <laughs> like that that think, arc was hilarious it's it's like you know uh, a lot of some of the you know some not a lot but some of the conspiracy stuff not just about covid about anything right mm-hmm. do come mm-hmm. to be true where i feel a little uncomfortable is when people jump into these theories without the information that they have at hand mm-hmm. because the way that logic should work is that okay these are all the information that i have right now and based on that 
I know this to be true or this to be false or this could be potentially true. Mm-hmm. Most conspiracy theories, there's a big, big gap mm-hmm. between what is available at hand mm-hmm. versus what you want to be true mm-hmm. based on either inherent biases or just simply, you know, thinking, you know, from, a, from a, I don't know, from what angle. Mm. Um, so, yeah. so it seems to me like, you know, at that time when people were saying, oh, it was 100% planned, it was 100% people were bringing up like these movies and... No, no, no. Or, or no, whatever. Because like, yeah, it, there's a coincidence, there's a whole bunch of them putting them together to this. Now. It's, yeah. not, it's not that. Like, I remember seeing like a few, I think it was there are these two American guys that live in China, they've been living there for 15 years. Uh, I think one of the guys put out a, um, a report. This would have been like April, yeah. April 2020. And they just went over all the details in terms of like, um, you know, what each country was doing, who was doing what. And it laid out such a compelling case. It, just because it was a YouTube video doesn't mean it was like complete crock. Like it, there was like good evidence behind it. But it seemed like, yeah, just put, leave that on the shelf and see what happens. I couldn't make a complete decision. But it turns out everything that they did say back then three years ago is what the US government is saying today. So it, it's like... I guess you just have to look at things and kind of just use some discernment and critical thinking when you're looking at different data points. It's like, does that make sense? If you can't confirm something, you kind of just leave it and then yeah, go on. But you can't just be like, that's what happened. This is it. Yeah, know. and then when some of that stuff does happen, they're like, you see, I was right all mm-hmm. the whole long. But then your, your reasoning for that mm-hmm. at that point in time wasn't necessarily based you, on... You just got lucky, kind of. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, right? So, uh, so, so that's why, you know, when people are not like, oh, you know, it was like 100% like conspiracies or mm. there's nothing for conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, everything's right. like, <laughs> everything's <laughs> what I say is right. I think that's, that, that, yeah. that's what makes you feel a bit, bit uncomfortable. But, you know, going back to the work from home <laughs> aspect Sorry, of, yeah, of COVID, no, that's fine. Uh, you know, we do go a bit of uh, a tangent here and there. Um, with the work from home stuff, uh, Elon Musk is calling out people ah, who this. work from home. Saying that it's an insult to those who must show up to the workplace. Now, on the picture, it said that Elon Musk thinks working from home is morally wrong. Like, like, like that was the the main main caption of that of that image, right? And when you look at that first, like, oh, and if I don't actually dig deeper, it's like that's it. Like he thinks morally wrong, and then if you are a work from home advocate, you'd be pissed off. Like, why is he against what I want to do, kind of thing? I'm just working from home. Like, well, why does this guy, stupid guy, you know, whatever? Mm-hmm. And then when you listen to the actual conversation, right? So in, in, this was an interview, I think, with CNBC, um, where he goes on to say, you know, people building the cars, servicing the cars, and this is in, in line with uh, Tesla, I assume. People, you know, people building the cars, servicing the cars, building houses, fixing houses, making the food, making all things that people consume. Um, it's messed up to assume that, yes, they have to work, but you don't. So it's not just a productivity thing. I think it's morally wrong. So the CNBC... Um, uh, interview says you see this as a as a moral issue, and Musk replied, "Yes, it's a productivity issue, but also a moral issue. People should get off their goddamn moral high horse with this BS because they're asking everyone else to not work from home while they do. It's wrong. And when you listen to it from that perspective, I see where it's coming from because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, these there are people who don't have that option to work from home, and you are kind of advocating for it. And then if somebody tells you to come to work," because you know you, you should come to work because there are other people coming to work and and then you kind of you know get, get into this whole whole debate right um i see his point but the way it was kind of packaged and it's like oh he thinks it's morally wrong and then, then that's it uh, that's i think the problem with how news gets you know out there but also what do you think about the topic in and of itself like do you think it is morally wrong do you agree with him what, what? i think it's a bit of a weird 
weird statement, actually, even still with his explanation. Yeah. I don't think you can put a moral label on it too much. But um, well, just firstly, the me- with the media thing, 100% yes. I think a lot of articles, if there's like a long paragraph of text that someone's quoted, then they just like take controversial, controversial, yeah. slap it together in the title and it's like, yeah. But um, I think that's, that's morally wrong. <laughs> but um, yeah, as for working from home, I think... Probably by now we have good studies of how the productivity pans out. Um, And I guess if people do want to do it, that's okay. But I think if it's beneficial, there's there's a saying that's like if you're working from home, you can do your tasks but not your job. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like if there is that need for collaboration and it is more efficient and more you get more productivity out of it, then I think that know for the good of the company that you should work at least quite a few days a week um maybe not every day so i think it's up to the individual i think you can't or, or the situation as well you can't say it's it's right or wrong or you're, you're morally you know a yeah criminal I, I, I agree and i think um again you're totally right with with the way the news are news is being presented it just made him feel like a super villain kind of thing uh but then when even even after the explanation it does feel like maybe like, it's not a moral thing in that angle but I see where it's coming mm. from. It's the, it's, it's, I guess my my uh, view on it. I I I am a big advocate of, of working from home. I've I've always um, worked from home most of the time when I whenever I could. I think the because again it just depends on the individual. Mm. Uh, you know, my, my wife she loves working from the office. She hates working from home kind of thing. <laughs> so it's like there's just individuals you know preferences yeah. right. Because um, some people just like to have their workspace, their workspace in their home, their home versus mm-hmm. you know people like myself who kind of have that. Uh, I'm guessing you're the same as well in some ways. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to break it. Office, trying to break it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we do. We do have a new space, so, so that's cool. Um, just on that again, Elon Musk uh, route uh, in terms of an update regarding Tesla. So he told company shareholders on Tuesday that the company will advertise for the first time in its history. Did you know about this before? Like they never yeah, advertised. Yeah, I knew about that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, the first time I found out about it was when, I think it was if, a long, long time ago, when um, people found out that there was this Tesla page on, on Facebook uh, that was being run, I think, by the, by the Tesla team or, or something. And then somebody said that, oh, you know, you're, you have this back and forth with Zuckerberg, but you still you know, have a presence on Facebook. Why is that? And then you know, was like, oh, I didn't know we have a presence on Facebook. Facebook's lame. I remember him saying that. And then he took off like the, the, the Tesla like uh, official account from Facebook straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's when I first found out that, okay, you know, Tesla doesn't advertise or they don't have a social media presence as such. Um, but the decision for that was specifically because the demand for the cars always out used to away the supply so there was no need to really advertise for them in that essence because they can spend that money for advertising into making the product better which i think again makes sense if you're in that if you're in that position but the fact that they're planning to advertise now signals that competition um heating up um if you would have again you know looked at super bowl ads uh, there were lots of evs uh, in 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 those slots and generally again i think we spoke about the super bowl ads they cost around 7 to 8 million dollars for for a 30 second slot so imagine like the amount of money that goes into marketing is just one angle and think of the research that i was looking up at that digital advertising spent by the automotive industry in the us last year was around 17 billion dollars mm. um, whereas tesla has 
zero in that share, right? So you can see that you know people are ramping up, you know companies are ramping up their their ad spend, um, and you know the competition's overall just 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 heating up. So even the EV market, it just seems like there's more and more companies just trying to do do new things. Even though there's most of, most of them are just proof of concept. Even the ads that you'd see on Super Bowl are cars that are not not ready. Right. Um, so it's it's yeah, it's just an interesting kind of area for for Tesla to explore and and, and see if if it's, it's going to be worth it. Because for a company to have not advertised at all this year, this will actually be a dynamic shift. I guess it's. It's not strictly true that they haven't advertised because if you go on their um, YouTube channel, there are a lot of Tesla videos just showcasing, you know, driving in snow or like testimonials from different people. So true. It's it's strict. It's not if you're going to be to the T. It's not strictly true that they've never advertised, but officially they have. Yeah, I think I think um, that would fall under marketing. So yeah, they've been marketing their products, okay. but not but not a ca- campaign. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Um, I think it's obvious that for them to do this for the first time, <laughs> you know what's happening. Like there's, they've kind of realized that, hey, look, we got Ford, we got uh, BMW, we got Jaguar, we got all these companies just yeah. coming after our, our market share. Um, you know, Tess, uh, Elon said that um, for electric vehicles, his one mission is more competition. He like just wants to... Um, uh, for, for like further sustainable transport. So I guess this is to his goal, but, you know, when that you know, company pie chart starts to decrease in the profit sec- section. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't, <laughs> it kind of puts off some panic bells. But I don't think Tesla's going away or anything anytime soon. But it's just interesting to see that we've come to this point where we were in the early stages for so long of electric vehicles and we're like not even in the maturity stage yet, but it's just that first glimpse of the ma- a market starting to, you know, come into being. I think that's it's cool. I think it's an interesting time. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? And this is something you know we've been asked in the past about EVs in Australia or EVs in general as well. Like that that market just seems like it was gaining a lot of traction, but mm-hmm. it seems like it's kind of slowed down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But some uh, maybe, maybe I don't know. Because traditional companies are also kind of getting in, so it feels like it's just spread out mm-hmm. a little bit rather than new companies coming in. Yeah, but it's like you look at Kia in Australia, they've just got like a whole range of electric vehicles. It's like very under the radar. It's like, like, oh, Kia released some new cars, but you're not like, oh, wow, it's electric. It's just, it is what it is. So I think it's just a matter of just being used to it now. Um, And I'm seeing a lot of electric cars on the road, not a lot, but compared to like five years ago, heaps, Mm. you know. So um, I don't think it's petered out. I think it's just now everyone's kind of used to it. Yeah, it's it's just a mainstream thing. That makes sense. So one thing you would have noticed i hope is that we haven't mentioned any ai topics so far well <laughs> I, I did mention the quantum computing bit but yeah true, as a topic true. yeah uh, as a topic we didn't, we didn't really get into it two reasons and this was a bit intentional one was i think it, it was getting to a point where everything was ai mm-hmm. too much saturated stuff but at the same time it feels like there are things that you just have to talk about mm-hmm. and so what I, what we've been thinking is maybe just push AI, bundle it all together into mm-hmm. this like maybe quick five minute kind of thing. And, and yeah. we should call it uh, a name. I don't know. I a don't section. Know. Yeah. If you guys have any ideas. I'm trying to think of something that's uh, funny, but the artificial. No, stop. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's a, I know we're, there's nothing there. <laughs> I can just tell you your face. Um, but one thing that I wanted to bring up uh, was obviously Sam Altman. Um, 
he was uh, in front of uh, the the Senate, uh, Senate hearing about the regulation of AI, where he specifically said that the regulation of AI is essential. And this was the first time he testified um, in his first appearance in front of the U.S. Congress. Um, he said that we think the regulatory intervention by governments will be critical to mitigate the risks of these increasingly powerful models. Mm-hmm. Not surprising, I think. It's, oh, not at all. Um, but I think the implementation of that is going to be key. It's yeah. like you have dinosaurs here, you have the most cutting-edge AI. How do the dinosaurs know what rules to write? So you're going to have to liaise with, you know... It's the, very simple. You ask Chad GPT, explain <laughs> what we can do with this Chat uh, GPT as if it was a five-year-old. That's it. Ch- Chat GPT is like, yeah, AI just doesn't need any regulation. Let us run wild. Um, no, but I, I think it's, it, yeah, it, it's good in principle, but just we have to see how this is implemented. Um, but it's about time. I think it's good that all of these le- leaders, sorry, all of these leaders in industry, um, specifically in AI, got to liaise with the government or the US government anyway because um, it, it was just running wild and the government was like what's AI I don't yeah. know. so it's good to have um, that dialogue at least open and happening so um, I didn't watch the hearing I'm actually saving it to look over everything before I put it into my next video which mm. is on Sam Altman That's right. um, so yeah I think it's it's an interesting time I'll, I'm actually looking forward to seeing some of the points maybe you have them I don't, I don't know I've, uh, no I haven't watched it either okay okay yeah. um, but yeah, so what do you what do you think? No, again, I think it's um, it was inevitable that he'd have to agree to that, even if he didn't want to. I don't know if he did or didn't, but it, it took a while for him to bring this up because that should have been like the first thing that you do with with a tech this powerful. Well, the thing is, he I guess he didn't have to if he wasn't asked. Like exactly. he could have just kept yeah. going. Was he? He must have been asked I'm to come sure. in. Yeah. So the government took their sweet time in saying, "Hey, like this thing might, you know, <laughs> might change a few things." So um, I think it's it's um, yeah, it's great that that dialogue is happening. But I don't know how long is it going to be until real regulation comes into effect? Because if it's going to take five years, that's probably not going to work out too well. And there's going to be a whole bunch of other smaller companies using ChatGPT, APIs, um, you know, other large language models that are going to be coming out with things that are independent of Microsoft, OpenAI, Google, all those big companies. So you've got to watch out for them too. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit messy, but hopefully they can come on top of this faster rather than taking their sweet time again. On that note, the second topic is actually about the... Uh, about that essentially so meta is back with uh, another exciting open source project uh, surprisingly <laughs> um, they call this image bind i don't know if you know about this but it's a new ai research model that understands and combines text audio visual movement thermal and depth data um, the integration of mul- mul- multiple data types unlocks new possibilities including multimodal search capabilities embedding space arithmetic and converting audio to image generation. This could be huge for multimedia search, VR and robotics. So it seems like the AI stuff that they're working on is also kind of re- related to what they're building on the meta mm. side of things. So mm. going back to what we just spoke about early, earlier today, they're not totally throwing it out the window. Mm. And the AI stuff they're doing, they're doing so to complement what they're building in the, in the metaverse. So that should be... An interesting um, well, angle. I don't know, like a, a multimodal search that adds depth information and other stuff. Uh, 
that could be used for a lot of things, not just the metaverse. I don't think it's necessarily totally geared towards. No, it's. it's I'm not saying it's 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 geared towards that specifically, but it seems like that's the intention why they're kind of going into those things. And obviously, if they see that it's not working, they're going to use it for other things. Yeah, I, I was actually going to say I see it a bit differently. I think they're hedging their bets more so than just mm. still going, you know, fully yeah. into the metaverse. Because I think be. I think Zuckerberg did make a statement that I might be wrong, but he, he was talking about how AI is a field that they should be looking at a bit yeah. more. And, you know, it just makes sense. Like the metaverse, no one cares about it. It was like... <laughs> and they spent so much money. The staff don't even want to use it. No one's using it. It's just um, it makes sense to, to pivot. It's like they have to. Yeah. Last AI topic of the day uh, is that Wendy's, the fast food chain, is teaming up with Google to develop an AI chatbot that takes your drive-through orders. Yeah, uh, the stuff that we all dreamt about when AI was first introduced. Um, the Wendy's fresh AI will be first tested in Ohio, of all places, <laughs> in in June. Um, and Cole. Google is customizing its LLM to understand specific Wendy's terminology, such as Frosty and JBC. What's JBC? Yeah. Um, so this was in the Google presentation. Um, yeah. Some, I can't the remember. IO? Sorry? Yeah, in the, the IO. IO. So yeah. they did a video. I didn't put it in, the, in my video, right. but uh, it, it was just an acronym for one of their burgers. But, um, yeah, it, it's, I don't know. You'll see, like, within six months, this will be everywhere. Every company will be using this instead of, having staff um yeah so for example for me um i was uh, i had to do something with my bank and instead of a person on the chat thing it was an ai and it was more intelligent than it had been it is a, the largest bank in australia so maybe they do have chat gpt api access i don't know but um yeah so i think stuff like that you'll be seeing everywhere i don't think this is going to be you know, uh, unique by any stretch. Knowing Australia, th would they be integrating that stuff so soon into our lives? I doubt yeah, it. it's, I don't, yeah, it's true. I did think about that. But. <laughs> oh, it could be their internal stuff. Who knows? Maybe they're way ahead. We just don't know. <laughs> um, okay, we're just going to go through some comments. Um, this one in particular from the last uh, podcast episode that we did on the, on the YouTube video. Um, at Aravind UKRD. Um, says that regarding big tech companies providing real and fake filters, Photoshop became prevalent in the 90s. Even today, there is no publicly accessible tool to differentiate between a real and a fake Photoshopped image. Um, it is obviously not because the companies don't have the tech, just that they don't care much about misinformation. It's about their priorities. No company wants to waste their computational resources for the betterment of the society. They'd rather spend it on the audience retention as they've always done. Well, you know, I think... Now, with AI, a lot of value from doing this comes from how your brand is perceived. If you're the company that's going to say, hey, all of our AI products will be easily digitally tagged, one way or another, we don't know how that mechanism is going to work, but they're going to be digitally tagged so you know and all users know, everyone searching on the web that sees this image or audio or text will know that this is AI generated. That adds value to your brand. It's You're taking responsibility for the massive monster you've created and I think people would see that um, and I think that's kind of like a soft thing that's not really recognized it's not like direct investment but it's well money well spent I think that's just my yeah opinion. so I think his point kind of stands that they're doing it to improve their retention of of users and making sure that um, ultimately but that, I guess yeah. that's what all businesses do <laughs> yeah, so exactly. you can't really <laughs> exactly so it's not quote unquote better of the society in some mm. ways but uh, that was, I thought it was an interesting comment yeah um, and uh, last week we also asked you about the, the time and date when we, sh or the day, day of the week when we should upload the, the podcast. Um, 
it seems like a majority of the people are, are okay with the Monday upload. So that's what we'll, we'll stick to. We'll stick to Mondays. Um, Quelleb at Quelleb UV1DX says that uh, uh, that person doesn't care about, uh, so not care, but doesn't have a preference on when the podcast uploaded, although it is nice for it to be on the same day so that I know when to expect it. So, yeah, it's going to be on Monday night, usually on Australia time, so mm-hmm. US morning. So if you're listening in from the US, which, again, we have surprisingly quite a few listeners from, um, um, like at, at Kyle... Voizard7394 is checking in from Denver, USA. Okay. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, US time morning is when we'll be sticking to in terms of episode uploads. A few more comments I want to go through. Um, one was from uh, at Ravindu.j. He says, hey guys, local Pred Boy here. Nice one. <laughs> Another P-Town listener. Uh, I've been a huge fan of Cold Fusion since uh, the 2013 video on Steve Jobs. And I follow your podcast since your second episode on Google Podcast. Okay. Um, I love the podcast length. I'm a mechanical design engineer. This time works perfectly for my work. And to reply to your question, um, please keep the format as it is. Uh, with AI everywhere, it's just nice to listen to two real human beings having a casual <laughs> conversation. Well, you don't know that. Bleep, bloop. Yeah, bleep. you just don't know. It could, could have been just you know a big experiment. <laughs> as a large language model. I can't <laughs> Um, now look, uh, I'm also gonna go back. First of all, uh, you know, thanks, uh, Ravindu, for 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 the great comment. Um, always good to listen to Perth people checking in. Um, your latest video was on uh, Google's comeback. Uh, so for those who haven't watched it, do check it out on the Cold Fusion YouTube uh, channel. Um, so this is basically, uh, I guess, the latest installment onto the AI Wars mm-hmm. series that's uh, kind of automatically came about in some ways, right? Because we didn't, we didn't really plan to have like an AI war series. No, no, no. And but it's just like new but, episode coming but out. But do you know what? Like hours after I released that, Microsoft and OpenAI fired back. ChatGPT now gets internet access. Yep. It can analyze stocks. It can do all this kind of crazy stuff. And I it's like... I see some comments there. <laughs> and I see some comments there's like, where there's people like, oh, this, you know, but by the time, you know, you, you posted this is like... New updates from ChatGPT. So it, it is it is crazy how, how quickly. And, and maybe there's something you can mention in the comments. I don't know. In the, Pin it? Yeah, I would okay. say so. So right. the people kind of know that, you know, we're, we're, that, that that's the latest uh, update. Because you can't really make another video on this yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> just keep yeah, going yeah. back and forth. Microsoft responds to the reaction. Google reacts to the response. <laughs> it's just like Sam Altman ate his breakfast this morning. It just gets more and more in detail. Sundar Pichai took a note. But there were some comments about the fact that you've been overly praising Google in this video. Which, to me, sounds absurd. Because people are like, oh, this is clearly a Google ad. The but thing is, again. last time people were saying I was too harsh on Google. <laughs> and that's the thing, because you literally have a video called Google Embarrass Themselves, where you just, <laughs> I don't want to say the word, but you <laughs> on them like, right. excessively. Well, not excessively, but I think from objective fair. angle. I think exactly. Fair. And I think similarly, you're being fair on this video. But again, I think people's, this is where I think that that bias kind of comes in, where people just see something on face value um, and then just take it the thing is like maybe they i think this i've had this problem for as long as i've had the channel but people confuse my enthusiasm for just general things as an endorsement endorsement it's it's literally i'm just excited about the tech and i'm like this is cool this is cool and people like you're a google lover (laughs) yeah and 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 again for those who think this is an ad it's actually illegal to not disclose an ad Mm. uh for any content so 
if you do see a video like this, uh, you know, some people might do illegal stuff, but at least on Cold Fusion, if it is an ad, it will be clearly mentioned that yeah. there's an ad. At the like, beginning, I'll say this is the beginning. There's going to be hashtag ad. There's going to be like, you know, uh, is it going to be clear enough that it is being sponsored by someone? So there's that little bit on that um, Cold Fusion video front. Mm. Um, Sam Altman's the next one. So mm-hmm. back to some some AI stuff and some more interesting stuff coming your way. Um, now, look, for those who have made it to this far of this podcast, we are planning a newsletter for Cold Fusion. Uh, we want to hear what your thoughts are. I didn't know this was coming out, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't know either. I just thought I would put it out there uh, just to see what what the general reactions are because, you know, uh, that's why I put it like in the right. Only the yeah. OG yeah. listeners, OG Cold Fusion you guys, fans. You guys are the legends you right You are now. the legends, right? <laughs> so we want to hear from you guys as to what you think about... Um, this, we're thinking maybe a monthly or bi-weekly at most. Yeah, where I think monthly is what monthly is yeah. what we're thinking as Don't well. Clog that um, inbox. Maximum bi-weekly. We still haven't decided yet, hundred percent. But generally, the idea is that you know we've got so many newsletters, so many updates coming at you every day. So hard to keep up. This would kind of mimic the slow-paced, the the I guess the relaxing environment that Cold Fusion Videos has, which is that you get one newsletter per month and that covers everything in a, in a concise manner and maybe some of the thoughts around some of the tech that he can't cover on the channel or this podcast so that's something we're thinking should mm-hmm. i talk about the other stuff that we're also planning in terms of no okay all right we'll we'll, we'll keep that on the wraps for now but there's more stuff coming yeah. Right? yeah 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 um yeah, so hopefully some very exciting times to come so yeah stay tuned stay tuned yeah uh well that's it for from me yeah, and that's it from me. And from both of us, thank you. All right, no, okay. So thanks for watching, guys. Uh, thanks for listening, if you're listening. And uh, we'll see you again soon for the next episode. Cheers. Cheers.